0: Welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through John 1, 29-51. So, let's get started. Behold the Lamb of God. The next day when he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, this is he of whom I said, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Jesus calls the first disciples. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned. And saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. For it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, So that was a good chunk of scripture right there and we're about to break it down. So verse 29 says, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So this is John the Baptist speaking and the lamb of God is referred to the sacrificial lamb of Passover. When referring to Jesus, John the Baptist is referring to the prophecies of the lamb in the old Testament, like a lamb led to the slaughter, the cross in Isaiah 53:7. A lamb was offered as a daily sacrifice to God for Israel's sins. Which ultimately, John uses this in connection, referring that Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. This sacrifice for sin atones for all humanity without distinction. Yet the fruit of this regeneration will only be seen in those who genuinely receive Christ. Verses 30-31 through say, This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. So let's look at Matthew 3, 16. It says, And then when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am pleased. Now verse 33 says, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God, In this, John the Baptist communicates beholding the reality of the deity of Jesus as the Messiah, as the Son of God. And so now let's move on to Jesus calls the first disciples. Verse 35 says, The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus and walked by and said, Behold the Lamb of God. So again, I don't know if you guys remembered, but I said that in Hebrew and Greek literature, repetition means emphasis. And so the next verse says, the two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following and said to them, What are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the 10th hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed Jesus was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. And so going a little bit deeper into what does Messiah mean and what does Christ mean, it comes from the term to anoint in Hebrew, which is an action to appoint to a position or function. So therefore it means anointed one. For example, the kings and high priests were anointed to their position. But in the prophecies, the Messiah actually also bears the translation of the coming one. Jesus is the greater king, the greater priest, the greater prophet appointed by the eternal father to, as Philippians 2, 6-11 says, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So by spending just one day with him, Andrew testified as an eyewitness that Jesus indeed is the Messiah Israel was anticipating for. And just want to remind you, if you ever want to find more information on these terms that we're talking about, we will always have linked information down below for you to study deeper or just for fun, honestly. So moving on, verse 42 says, He brought him to Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. So Jesus just saw him, saw his heart thoroughly as he does with all as God himself. But more than that, Jesus transforms his heart. I mean, we see it right here. Cephas is translated to Peter in Greek, which means rock in Greek. Yet the Bible describes Peter as an unstable and ignorant man. I mean, this was the very man who denied Jesus three times. How ironic that Jesus would call him Rock. Well, Jesus renamed him Rock because it was declarative to how Jesus would transform him, his character, and his relationship with the church. Peter was later called to be the pillar of the early church. Jesus not only defined him, also, who can only do that but God? But he also transformed him. Jesus calls Philip and Nathanael. So verses 43 through 45 say, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophecies wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament, you guys. How wonderful. The next verse says, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out from Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. So Nathanael said this because he was from Cana and the Galileans despised the people from Nazareth uh, where Jesus grew up. Nothing very important, especially prophetical came from Nazareth, so that's why, but until Jesus came, the most important person who has ever come out of anywhere. So verse 47 says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. So in this, Jesus had recognized the comment made by Nathanael earlier because he's God, um, which this comment revealed Nathanael to be a man of honesty, sincerity, opened and had a seeking heart about the truth of Christ. Verse 48 says, nathaniel said to him how do you know me jesus answered him before philip called you when you were under the fig tree i saw you this information does not only reveal how nathaniel was by himself but it reveals how jesus has a supernatural knowledge therefore revealing that he is god his deity verse 49 then says "Nathanael answered him rabbi you are the son of god you are king of israel I love this verse so much because I think John MacArthur states it well. He says, quote, Here is the one who could not be described merely in human terms. Unquote. Isn't that so good and so incredibly true? When we describe God, we can only describe so much of him. We can only gaze at so much and yet we're so incredibly in awe. He is so indescribable because he has so much to be described as. Wow. So good. So then verse 50 then says, Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So this is also very important. The term son of man. Um, we're going to talk about this, and we will link uh, many more details down below, information um, and biblical resources that will allow you to understand and dig deeper into what the term Son of Man means. So a little breakdown, Son of Man signifies that Jesus is the means and the axis between God and man. We see that in John 14:6. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So son of man refers to Daniel 7, 13 through 14. So I strongly exhort you to read this passage for yourself. It was the way Jesus described himself over 80 times in the New Testament. Also, a really good resource to have a greater understanding of the son of man means would be the Bible Project video in their YouTube channel. Um, it's only about six minutes long, or their podcasts, uh, which we will link both of those below. We see that this can actually be described since Genesis 3.15, which says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So the son of man literally means human, but not just an ordinary human, God as human. This Son of Man renews the partnership between man and God, which was broken and distorted by man's desires to become their own gods by sin. This means the Son of Man is truly human one. The cross was the worst death could do, for the one on the cross bore all of the sins when he had never sinned and allowed it to overcome him so that it would not overcome us with the righteous condemnation we deserve. He gave up, he gave his divine life and love and resurrected as the one true God who defeated our sin and death so that we might be reconciled to him for eternity. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com, where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.